What's going on, everybody? It is Jason Jaybird Goldstein here for another episode of The Bird's Eye View. That's right. We had some technical difficulties last week. My computer wasn't working. I was all prepared to go to Best Buy to get a new computer tomorrow. And all of a sudden today, the computer just starts magically working again. Uh, let's hope it lasts and this wasn't just like randomly worked one day and instantly go back to not working tomorrow. But glad to get it working. I'm glad I could bring you guys another episode because not only are we back, but so are the New York Yankees. I mean, they've been playing their hottest baseball of the season, a 10-game winning streak. <coughs> they have lost just, they are now, let's, after today's win, we are now, uh, sorry, let me go, let me go check out the stats quickly for the record in, in August now. We are. Eighteen and four in the month of August right now, the Yankees are. It's been a phenomenal stretch of baseball. Their second ten game winning streak in as in as many years. You remember they had the ten game winning streak last year after they went through that struggle and they fell to twenty and twenty one and it was very similar to this ten game winning streak that we're seeing now. The pitching continues to be phenomenal. Jordan Montgomery tonight, you know, he didn't have his best stuff, but anytime he pitched in that gym, he pitched out of it. The four walks weren't pretty to see, but he's still wasn't allowing Atlanta to get through with the hit or drive in the runners outside of the Dansby Swanson home run. Giancarlo Stanton, he continued his amazing month of August. Uh, and ever since he transitioned to the outfield, he had the monster home run tonight to get the first run of the game. And then eventually broke the tie with a two RBI single, which eventually made this a three to one ball game. Gary Sanchez later on drove in two runs to make it a five to one ball game. But, oh, my God, Giancarlo Stanton, he has been playing on fire. And, really, once the Yankees have shifted Giancarlo Stanton into playing some more of the outfield, it has completely changed his approach to the plate. You see, he's way more engaged in the game than he was at just the designated hitter. And it's really, really paid dividends. He now has four home runs, a 969 OPS, 15 RBIs in the month of August. Uh, he actually has now... Actually, that was, that was going into tonight's game, so now that's five home runs and 18 RBIs. He just continues to rake as of late, Giancarlo Stanton, and it's not just him. Aaron Judge, Luke Voigt, all the bats are finally heating up. The Yankees are finally playing with the team that we've been expecting them to do all year. The hottest team in the American League right now, and we are coming. We're not just coming for that wild card spot. No, we're coming for the division, Tampa Bay. That's right. This team is going to continue to roll one of the easiest schedules remaining. And I think the Yankees are going to come back and win the American League East. And, oh, my God. <coughs> like, just, I mean, like, I, I, wanted to, I was so upset when my computer wasn't working. I wanted to come. I was ready to record a show Monday night after the Angels game. And that's when I realized my laptop stopped working. Because I went to that Angels game. I was excited. I finally got to see Garrett Cole pitch. And he only got to go five and two-thirds innings. He didn't go as deep as I would have liked to have seen him, but still had great command of his stuff. Was still pretty locked in. Dominated this Angels lineup. Didn't even allow Shohei Otani hit. 
I mean, honestly, with Shohei Tani, anytime he made contact with that ball, thought it might be coming all the way to our seats. Uh, but nope, that, he went 0 for 5 that game. Our pitching shut him down. Chad Green gets the save. And it was a game where we couldn't really use our big-name bullpen guys due to uh, the doubleheader the next day against the Red Sox. Then Wednesday's game against the Red Sox. It just Plus, there was guys used on the White Sox series. So it was just very difficult to find out which relievers to use. But Abreu, Jolie Rodriguez, and Chad Green all get the job done in relief of Garrett Cole. And it was just it was an awesome win being there. First game I went to since the Nationals game. And I went to the second the second game against the Red Sox of the doubleheader the next day, and it was awesome. Just like you know, when I was in the Bronx against the Astros, that was an awesome game to go to. Awesome atmosphere, the hatefulness, the hostileness, but that's more what it was. It was just anger and hatred towards the Astros. You know, the Nationals game that was when the team still wasn't playing its best. We were annoyed after the loss, but the atmosphere after beating the Angels. And especially after beating the Red Sox, just completely changed. The Yankees had taken that second game of the doubleheader. And at that point, we moved into a tie with the Red Sox. You know, great performance from Luis Gil in just his third career start. He still was yet to allow a run. What a job from the young fella. And then Wednesday night, the Yankees were going for that the series sweep against the Red Sox, which would allow them to take sole possession of that wild card spot. On the mound for us, though, was Andrew Heaney. You know, 15 runs, 15 innings. It's not been really good. You know, and then he gives it the first inning home run to Bogart. But from there, the Heen dog absolutely shoves seven innings of just two-hit baseball. And the Yankees <coughs> sweep the Red Sox. The Red Sox go uh, 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 choke on their 10-and-a-half game division lead. And all of a sudden, like, just wow. What a way things have switched just out of nowhere. You know, they remain the hottest team after sweeping the Red Sox. They quote-unquote sweep the Minnesota Twins. And, you know, I, I, I say quotes on that because it was a four-game series, but the fourth game was postponed because of this hurricane. And it was just, you know, <coughs> the Friday game was relatively close. But Saturday and Sunday, the Yankees actually cruised the victory a game for once we don't have to sweat out. Kind of like today's game where Chad Benoit... <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, Chapman went 1-2-3 in the ninth today. <coughs> and it's been three games in a row where the Yankees haven't made us almost like have our hearts pound of our chest in the ninth inning. Just for once. And man, everybody was hitting in that series. Like I said, Judge, Voight... Stanton, Andrew Velasquez, the young kid, finally getting a shot from the Bronx. It's his first career home run. His family's there to see it. Even Tyler Wade's contributing. It's been so great to see this team firing on all cylinders. Some of the most fun I've had. And this team is fully back all the way. You know, I talked about how hot John Carlos Stanton's been in August. This was coming after a brutal July. He hit 214, just a 333 slugging percentage. He had two home runs, seven RBIs, 31 strikeouts, and 95 plate appearances in July. And you can just tell that outfield shift has been monumental for Stanton. And then Luke Voigt, how about him? The reigning player of the week. You know, people wanted to give Luke Voigt shit because he, was, he said, oh, I deserve to play even though Rizzo's back. I deserve to play just as much as him. 
bringing up how he was an MVP candidate last year, led the league in home runs. And yeah, he's ready to be in the sun up every day. He hit 476 this past week, a 1.427 OPS, 11 RBIs. He should be the full-time DH. John Carlos Stanton should be a full-time outfielder. Big home runs, big timely hits from Luke Voigt. And, you know, he talked about Friday's lineup. Luke Voigt, Aaron Judge, Anthony Rizzo, John Carlos Stanton, Joey Gallo. Those five guys being the goal line package. Yeah, it really is like a goal line package having those guys. And not to mention, <clears throat> we should be getting Gio Urshela and Glaber back soon. Gio, they're saying he's going to be back by the Oakland series, which will be a huge, huge series for us in the wild card race because for as hot as we're playing, Oakland is a place that we never, ever seem to do well in. Uh, G- Glaber will probably be back in September, early in the mid. Uh, still in plenty of time before the playoffs. Again, thank God his thumb injury was the best possible case scenario. Uh, But that's about it for the Yankees. So I'm going to talk about who is hot and who is not. The first team in the hot category is the team that the Yankees just played today and beat the Atlanta Braves. Yeah, the Atlanta Braves had lost today, but they had won nine games in a row entering that that game against the Yankees. Now they're sixteen and now they're just sixteen and four in the month of August. They trail. They came to August trailing that National League East, and now they've built up a five-game lead. The offense has been playing incredible lately. The pitching staff has really improved its numbers over the course of the season. In their first eighty-nine games, they held. They had a four-two-four ERA, but in these last thirty-five games, in which they hold a twenty-four and eleven record, that ERA has now gone down to a three-three-nine. And, yeah, they kudos to the Braves. People thought that they were just going to throw in the towel once Ronald Acuna Jr. got injured. But instead, they went out, acquired a bunch of guys from the bullpen, acquired a bunch of outfield help, and seemed to pay dividends for these Atlanta Braves as they now look to take this at least. And, look, <clears throat> they do have a bit tough part of their schedule coming up right here. Uh, they have uh, – so they have one more game against the Yankees. And then they have six in a row against the Dodgers and the Giants. Uh, see, let's say they come out of these, so their own one. They come out of that th- th- stretch, three and four. Okay, you went three and five in the most difficult stretch of your schedule. That's pretty good, and it should set them up pretty nicely to cruise the rest of the way in the National League East. The second team in the hot category is all of a sudden in that second wild card spot in the National League, the Cincinnati Reds. You know, they've been they've been inching and itching at the Pirates at the excuse me, the Padres heels all season long, and especially in the second half. But no one actually thought the Reds were actually gonna get to get that second wild card spot. But the Padres have really struggled while the Reds have been carried by arguably the hottest player in baseball in the second half in Joey Votto, who's absolutely just slugged with, you know, a three twenty average. A 1.91 OPS, 17 home runs, 41 RBIs. Joey Votto's looking like the Joey Votto of the early 2010s. 
honestly. It's got this Reds offense rolling. You know, Jesse Winkler has had a monster month of August. His OPS is up to 1.342. Jonathan India has become a legitimate threat at second base. They had Moustakis back and healthy. Luis Castillo has turned the corner. Look, getting Luis Sessa and Justin Wilson has really helped this bullpen. And right now the Reds are scorching hot. They have the easiest remaining schedule in all of the National League. And it looks like they can really, really start to run away and take that second wildcard spot. Really impressed with what we've seen out of Cincinnati this year. Because I really thought for them they were going to kind of go nowhere this year. And their ceiling was 77 wins, to be honest. Uh, the other team in the hot category is the Los Angeles Dodgers. They've won 13 out of 15. They're getting healthy. You know, Trey Turner, after training for him, he's back. Mookie Betts is back from his injury. And now they just have so many different guys they can play from. Mookie to Pollock, Bellinger, Chris Taylor, uh, Max Muncie, Albert Pujols, Austin Barnes, Will Smith, Justin Turner, Corey Seager, Trey Turner. All these guys are healthy. I mean, these are like 12 guys who could be playing every day. Uh, Matt Beattie. And yet here they are just you know rotating these guys in and out. Scherzer. Beeler at top of that rotation. They're doing this without Kershaw right now. Uh, the bullpen, Trinian, has been fantastic once again for this team. A steal of a contract for them last offseason. Kenley Jansen's been another fantastic closer. The Dodgers are going to continue to roll. Uh, they were, they, you know, last week they were five or six games back in the National League West. Now they're just two and a half. They've really caught up, and they have a big series against the Padres <coughs> coming up this week. And the San Diego Padres are what leads off my not-hot category. They're 2-9 and nine in their last 11 games. And look, they're doing this against teams like the Rockies, the Diamondbacks, the Marlins, some of the worst teams in the National League, and the Padres have struggled against them. These are the games they have to be winning because they currently, they currently now have the most difficult schedule remaining of all the other teams in the National League, while the Cincinnati Reds, who have just jumped them, have the easiest remaining schedule. It's going to get a lot tougher for the Padres here. And part of it has to be is these injuries. They knew they weren't going to have Clevenger coming into the year because of his offseason Tommy John surgery. But young young rising stars, Chris Paddock, Dinelson Lamed, they've been injured for most of the year. Hugh Darvish has just gone on the I.L. But, you know, people thought this team had an abundance of pitchers coming into the year. But all these guys have been hurt or have been disappointed. Like Blake Snell has been a huge disappointment. And the pitching is honestly just disappointed as a whole to the point where they fired Larry Rothschild for a team contending for the playoffs to fire Pitching coach this late in the year, it's a pretty big deal. It signifies things are not going well. As a Yankee fan, I can just sit here and laugh because... Because, <coughs> oh boy, we we hated Larry Rothschild for years. Had a job with the team for way too long. The pitching was really never, ever, ever good in those 2010 years with him leading the helm. Yeah, we had CC and Tanaka, but I feel like neither of those guys are pitching to their elite elite potential when we had Rothschild as the pitching coach. Uh, and look, he just completely ruined Blake Snow. And I kind of remember uh, Gary Sanchez resurgence bandwagon, uh, him tweeting that Blake Snow's going to get ruined by Larry Rothschild. And sure enough, he was right. Hopefully that guy's on the podcast soon. Uh, the other team that's not hot, you know, I couldn't win with the Mets. I'm not going to pick up the Mets again. I did them on the last time I did this category. I'll just say the Orioles. 
Uh, after they beat us in a kind of an embarrassing game, which the fan base declared the season over. <laughs> yeah, since that loss, the Yankees have just completely, completely just turned everything around. While the Royals have lost 18 in a row, and that's just pathetic. Uh, so, you know, that's really it for sports. So, college football returns with a week zero this week. Uh, you know, I'm relatively excited for that. The slated games, it's not too sexy. Uh, you know, it's not the worst, but it's not as sexy as what next week is going to bring to us. But it's still, it's still college football, so I'm excited for it. We'll get some Big Ten action with Nebraska and Illinois. Uh, UCLA-Hawaii could be a fun game to watch. By the way, it's just football, and I'm just excited to have college football back. Uh, I'm thinking for Friday's episode, I'm going to do my college football preview show. Because uh, why, why not? You know, That'll be right before that week zero, and even though it won't be any big teams, uh, it could be a good, good thing to fill the void. Uh, because this weekend will be the end of the preseason games. And then next week, I'm going to go into my NFL preview shows. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to do the NFL preview shows a bit differently this year, as opposed to the way I did it last season where I had guests on. Because these episodes ran on for like three-ish hours. Now, my original plan was do a one division, do four episodes this week to celebrate the one-year anniversary, uh, one episode for each division. Uh, but, what, but instead, you know, I'd rather wait till the preseason's over. I feel like... There's so much unknown. I, I haven't even seen Daniel Jones play yet. Like I, I'm, I'm writing my, I'm writing that line about the Giants for this episode. I'm like, how the hell can I write about the Giants? I have not watched Daniel Jones play in the preseason. Cause this whole three week preseason has kind of changed when they use the starters. You know, there's now two weeks off between week three and week one, so that changes things a tiny bit. So for that reason, I'm gonna wait. The preseason ends this Sunday. And from there, I'll have about <coughs> 10 episodes. Uh, let's see, it'll be two Sundays from the first Sunday, and then 10 days until the NFL season kicks off. And that'll sort of be Labor Day week, right? The week before Labor Day. Uh, either way, so I'm thinking after the preseason, I'm going to go uh, NFC and AFC East, NFC and AFC North, NFC and AFC South, NFC and AFC West, Sort of in, uh, you know, do bunch each bunch of the East together, the North together, the South together, and the West together. Do that all next week, the week leading up to that, the first, the week leading up to the first, the kickoff of the NFL season. Then from there, I'm sort of gonna break down all my predictions once I've gone through with each division later on. That makes sense. So expect next Monday for me to have the NFC East and AFC East preview show. Uh, next Tuesday, uh, NFC North and AFC North preview. Next Wednesday, NFC North, South and AFC South preview. Next Thursday, uh, NFC West and AFC West preview. And all these, I'm still going to touch on my Yankees, of course, because, come on, like I got to touch on the Yanks. Uh, and then, you know, you'll just begin my game-by-game update with them. Uh, and then from there, we're going to have, we'll go into the weekend. I Maybe we'll do something that Friday, not sure yet. And then sort of just sum up the rest of my predictions the fall in two weeks from that Tuesday. Two weeks from when you listen to this episode. I'll have like sort of all my NFL preview in the World in the One document show. 
but anyways, that's enough about sports because I ha- we have some exciting Marvel stuff. So one thing I'm re- I was really excited about, I got to go see an early screening of Shang-Chi. And I'll tell you, I'm, I'm not going to give spoilers away because we, we're not allowed to do that. But it was really, I was really fortunate to get to see this screening. And it was awesome. And it was a really, really good movie. I didn't really know what to expect. This was a character I've never, ever really heard of growing up. Completely new character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Not the Spider-Mans, the Iron Mans, the Thors who we've established over the years. But, oh my god, he was fantastic. See, the acting the acting that was just incredible. The Mandarin is a villain. You know, the MCU is, sometimes has a villain problem, but he was, in my opinion, one of the better villains that Marvel has had, definitely in recent seasons. Aquafina also does a fantastic job in sort of a comedic role. Uh, the actress who plays Shang-Chi's sister also did a great job. Just overall great acting. And a really, really good plot. Everything about the movie was just really good. And I was pleasantly surprised by it. Uh, I really, again, did like Shang-Chi. He was a badass. Uh, the fight scenes, the action was just awesome. Uh, tons of action going on in that movie. Really never a dull moment at all. <coughs> and uh, I'm, playing, I'm playing out how to see Semi Lu. Just... And you can just, like, you know, plays the character really well. The comedy in that movie works out. There were just good comedy scenes. Uh, the post credit scenes, too, were... Wow. Both of them had me really excited for the future of the MCU. Especially that first post credit scene, which... You know, I'll talk about when that movie's actually been released. And I can use spoilers. But for now, it's going to be no spoilers. But that post credit scene was awesome. But speaking of awesome, we finally... Finally, finally got the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer today. Uh, I mean, yesterday, we sort of got it yesterday. There was a trailer leak. Uh, you know, it was like an Instagram story. It was screen recorded on someone's phone. Someone recorded that, and then someone made a TikTok of all that. So it was really hard to see. But it finally dropped at CinemaCon today. And we fi- we, ha- we have a good idea of what the plot overall is going to be. Uh so Peter, it's gonna, it looks like it's dealing directly with the fallout of the end of Spider-Man Far From Home, where Mysterio reveals Peter Parker's identity as Spider-Man to the world. You see immediately, he's been arrested. He's uh, being shunned, hated on by the public eye uh, for what he did, killing Mysterio, even though we know he didn't. Uh, and then it seems like now he has all this attention on him. He returns to school. Things are just weird. And he wants to go back to how it was before everyone knew he was Spider-Man. So then he goes to Doctor Strange, which, you know, we all knew Doctor Strange was going to be in this movie. Asked Strange to help him erase uh, Mysterio revealing him. Uh, Wong actually warns him, warns him this is a bad idea. But Strange doesn't really listen. But turns out the spell would make everybody forget Peter Spider-Man, including Aunt May, Ned, MJ... Uh, and I guess, you know, him are worried somehow it, the spell cracks the whole multiverse on top of what Wanda already did, on top of what Sylvie already did, on top of what Loki already did. Now this creates a whole bit of madness. And we just see there's multiversal issues. Doctor Strange is kind of really laying this Spider-Man how he needs to start growing up and being a hero. And it just looks like we're getting a whole, like preview of all these guys we already knew doc ock 
from Spider-Man 2 is going to be in it. We officially get his hello, Peter, at the end. That was awesome. We get shots of the yellow lightning, which, even though I'm not a comic book fan, know that's Electro. We know Jamie Foxx is back reprising his role from The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Although, between you and me, the movie itself was not very amazing. Uh, we get a pumpkin bomb. Now, we don't get a face, but we get a pumpkin bomb. And anybody who's watched Spider-Man knows a pumpkin bomb. The pumpkin bomb means we're getting the Green Goblin back. And we've heard, it's been rumored to have Willem Dafoe coming back. But with the pumpkin bomb, we hear his laugh. It's all but confirmed we're getting Willem Dafoe. Uh, we get a shot of what appears to be a sandstorm. Sandman all of a sudden. Uh, there's a quick shot like the 226 mark of someone jumping out and attacking Spider-Man. Uh, people are saying that they think it's Lizard Man. So now we have five members of the Sinister Six all of a sudden, potentially appearing in this movie. A multiversal Sinister Six. Just insanity. Like, there's the rumors of Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, which at this point I'll be shot if they don't happen. When you even get them in this trailer. But this trailer was awesome. And it, uh, it really lived up to the expectation. Holy crap. I cannot wait for this movie to come out now. And even just to get another trailer as well. Uh, but yeah. I mean, that's about it. Like Shang-Chi. When it's out in theaters. Go check it out. If you haven't seen this, the No Way Home trailer. Go check it out on YouTube right now. And I want to thank everybody who supported the podcast thus far. Remember. Go check out. Jay Bird's have you on Twitter for all my latest live reactions to uh, whatever's going on, the Yankee game, uh, whatever game is on TV just in general. Uh, and also go follow the Bird's have you podcast on Instagram to get updates when all my episodes are released. Thank you, everybody, and have a great rest of your day.